0: check, check. There we go. Now my mic is working.
1: Now my mic is working. Sorry, I'm a couple minutes late, but that is what is giving me issues is some settings are not the same because I use OBS and OBS likes to change the settings. So anyway, good morning. Welcome. Glad y'all are here. And yeah, I am excited to be here. It has been an amazing week. Did y'all hear the intro just now? I hope y'all heard the intro just now. Um, I think that part went through, I think it was just an issue with the mic. Uh, yeah, I am so pro this morning, of course, I'm pro every time I'm on air, everything is perfectly arranged. Uh, so yeah, happy Friday, everybody. This is just human number 179. And I, uh, besides starting off with, um, you know, some really pro moves, uh, good. I'm glad y'all heard the intro. Okay, good. It was just the mic then, um, um, Besides starting off with some uh, really pro moves here, I want to begin the show by saying thank you. Um, it has been this has been an awesome an awesome week. Um, last Sunday's Defected was great. Um, the show on Monday was great, or at least I enjoyed it very much. And then I've been live on Badlands Media quite a few times this week. Let's see, it was on Tuesday, State of the Union, and then. Uh, the uh, Twitter files hearing on Wednesday and then uh, Wednesday night, devolution power hour, and then Thursday for the, uh, the hearings for the, the weaponization committee. Uh, So, and and y'all have turned out, y'all have turned out and shared the shows and been really supportive and it's been awesome. So, I mean, like really thank y'all so much. Um, I really enjoy doing this work and nerding out on this information with all of you fellow nerds. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just been great. And I can't thank you guys enough. Um, and I have to give you a really big thank you because something huge happened yesterday that I know that y'all are aware of. And we're going to talk about, uh, right now here at the beginning of the show. Um, and it, it wouldn't
0: have happened without you guys right here. Donald Trump yesterday retruthed this
1: truth by Van Sickle Lee right here. Shout out to this truth social account. Thank you very much for making this post. And they posted this image uh from the drops. We're going to go into the drops that have this image, this Pfizer Gate poster. And he posted that poster right here. And his comment included a link to the Devolution Power Hour from this past Wednesday, which was one of our best ever devolution power hours, if not the best. Um, and he said, in this truth, I could watch that intro all day referring to the devolution power hour. And then he tagged Patel Patriot and said, and little, he said, I could watch that intro all day, Patel Patriot and little old Van Sickle Lee got retruthed by the goat last night at burning bright JS verily hashtag MAGA. And Donald Trump retruthed that. Now it's just, it's just awesome. I mean, it's just awesome to get retweeted by Donald Trump anyway. Uh, period, for anything. But it's great when it's the FISA gate poster here. Um, and then it's even better that he's mentioning Battelle Patriot and Bernie Bright. That's that's awesome. I love it. But retruthing something that specifically links the devolution power hour in the text of the truth refers to the intro to the devolution power hour, which I know y'all are familiar with. And I know y'all are familiar with what devolution is. I mean, that's, that's mind blowing. Um, and we were all buzzing from it last night, but it's actually even more
0: than that. It's actually goes more mind blowing than that um Where is it this right here? There we go, so this
1: account right here, kick dreaming who I believe is the person who messaged Patel on Telegram. I'm not sure, but I think he's the person who messaged Patel on Telegram. It was like, dude, you just got retruthed. So this is what happened in the first several moments of that devolution power hour that is linked in that truth. Oh, hold up. I got to check. I got to fix y'all's audio right here. So y'all hear this. Just a moment. There we go. Uh, quick congrats to Ed Brady in the chat was re by Donald Trump today. Nice. So that's that's what pretty they... cool. I don't know what the truth was. I haven't seen the link, but I take their word for it because they're an impeccable Badlands media watcher and chat participant. But I said frame that. And I'm not kidding. I'd do it. I would absolutely. I'd get that blown up, turn it into a vector file, up res that, and frame it.
0: Okay. Our days are coming. We'll be retruth someday by him too, hopefully.
1: Uh quick congrats So there in the very first moments of that episode of the Devolution Power Hour, Burning Bright says, If I get retruth by Trump one day, I'm gonna print it out and frame it. And then Patel says, Our days are coming, that's gonna happen one day.
0: And then it does. And then it happens the very next day.
1: But it's actually, it's actually even, it's actually even more than that. <laughs> it goes, it goes even further than that. Um, I was, I was buzzing last night thinking about this. And I'm going to, I'm going to, there's even more to it than that.
0: So that, That poster
1: appears in more than one drop, but one of the drops it appears in is 2153. And that drop has the poster, of course. And then it says, Coming very soon to a theater near you, Q. It's also in this drop, 3651. And that drop says people actually believe those responsible for the attempted coup or coup attempt of a duly elected sitting U.S. president will go unpunished into our constitutional Republic. No equal justice under the law. No accountability. Escape unscathed. Enjoy the show. Q. All right. When
0: Trump retruthed, This right here
1: is when we were live on air covering the weaponization on government, on the federal government committee. And what were they talking about during that committee? They were talking about the weaponization of DOJ and FBI and violation of Americans' rights, particularly in regards to things like FISA. And censoring people, and getting and uh, restricting people's political speech, and cracking down on conservatives, and uh, maligning conservatives, and all the th- all the government overreach and the misuse and misapplication and weaponization—hence the name—of the DOJ against the American people, and against a president and his administration. And two of the people that are in this poster, Jim Jordan and Matt Gates, they're quoted here, were in that hearing at the same time that Trump retruthed this so you know, I have this rule of thumb that I use, and it's not I mean it's not a hard and fast rule, but it's just a rule I go by where when it comes to connecting things to a drop and all this kind of stuff, you know. I I have this rule of thumb that I use to prevent overreach, to prevent me from making too far of a stretch, you know? Like, I don't do a whole lot of decodes or anything. And, uh, I mean, I think they're fun here and there, but I, I, don't, I don't do a whole lot of decoding. Um, I don't do a whole lot of looking around for comms and stuff. But when I do, I, I have this rule of thumb that I try and look for three points of contact. You know, like timestamp, a name... Uh, context, keywords, um, things like that. And if I can get three points of contact, then that, then I'm like, okay, that feels like a pretty good connection there between this drop and whatever thing that I'm looking at a tweet or a document that's important or whatever. And with this, there's way more than three. So I just want to, just to recap this, and we're going to move on. Just to recap this. DJT, Retruth the post that has the poster from drop 2153 that says, coming very soon to a theater near you, and has this FISA poster. It's also the same poster from drop 3651, which I read to you, and talks about a sitting U.S. president, a coup attempt against him. And it asks the question: is there really not going to be any accountability? Is there really not going to be any equal justice under the law? Are these people who did this going to actually escape justice? No. Enjoy the show. And the text of the True Social Post praises the intro to the Devolution Power Hour. And it was one of our best Devolution Power Hours ever. And in that Devolution Power Hour, we said... That someday Donald J. Trump is going to retruth us. And two out of the three people that were in that devolution power hour, me and John, were live at the same time that Trump retruthed it. And what were we doing? We were giving live coverage to the House hearing on DOJ and federal government weaponization, in which two of the people that are in this poster that's in this truth. Are on that committee and were speaking, and so was Grassley was on the Grassley was on the panel, and Senator Johnson was on the panel, and they were all talking about FISA abuse, and a coup attempt against the president, and weaponization of the DOJ, and violation of Americans' rights, and censorship of Americans, and uh, persecution of Americans for their conservative beliefs.
0: And interference in the twenty twenty election. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, I had a really hard time sleeping last night. Uh, I mean, I'm still buzzing,
1: and I'm not. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to say that you know, this is a endorsement of every single thing we said on the devolution power hour on Wednesday. Um, I'm not going to say that this means that we, everything we have, we say and all of our theories and whatnot are right, or I'm not going to say that. Um, but I do think it's one hell of a pat on the back. And <laughs> yeah, Kathy, I, well, I think I think all three of us are gonna print this out and frame it. I know I will. Um it means a lot to me and it would not have happened without y'all's support and y'all's encouragement of me and Burning Bright and John and the way that y'all, you know, promote us and and keep us going. So,
0: thank you. Thank you. Now, one of the things we did talk about that in that um, that episode, we talked about several subjects.
1: One, the thing that we liked about that Devolution Power Hour, that um, me, John, and, and, and Bernie Bright really liked about it, was that. It melded, there was a mind meld that happened in that power hour where John's theories of devolution and work on devolution, we talked about that. And Burning Bright's talk about Russia and its role in the world and what it's doing right now and how the U.S. and Russia both seem to be taking on globalist in some way. And my theories about justice through DOJ and there being two FBI's that are warring with one another and my idea of regional responsibility or regions of responsibility that the part of breaking up the globalist system is that countries are going to be responsible for their own regions and securing their own regions and no more America world police. we we really had this meld happen on that devolution power hour. And I mean, that was one of our favorite things about it. And we felt really good about that. And we also covered this article by Cy Hirsch that has made a really big impact. And I'm sure y'all are familiar with it. And I, I'm not going to go through that whole article um, because I mean, I already read it on that devolution power hour and I liked this truth right here, this comment from, uh, Southern Ultra MAGA here, he said that he was watching that power hour again. And he was like, man, you know, this incident right here with the bombing of Nord Stream, assuming that what Cy Hirsch presented in that article is approaching the truth, like maybe not say it's exactly true, but, uh, approaching the truth and it, and it, and, the, and it is, you know, accurate that the CIA was, was responsible for the bombing of Nord Stream. Which, I mean, that's not a, it is pretty easy to buy that. Uh so we should be careful about it, but it but there's a lot of things that line up with it. Um that may be that may provide the basis for a discussion about splintering the CIA and destroying it. I think that's I like this truth right here because that makes a lot of sense to me that you know I don't you need to make the case, right? So, if you assume, if you think ahead to Trump's next term, and you think ahead to how is Trump going to dismantle the CIA, you need a you need a way to make the make the case for that. And if this Nord Stream pipe, if it's true that the Nord Stream was bombed with a plan that was created and at least partially executed by the CIA. That provides you a basis to make the case to the American
0: people that the CIA needs to be dismantled. I like that. I like that right there a lot. So shout out
1: to Et Klimke right here. That's good. Now, of course, yeah, of course, there are another other a number of other things you could use to make the case uh, for dismantling the CIA, no doubt. Uh, But this provides a very recent example, and you could really drive this home to American people on both left and right. That the CIA constructed a plan that was not only illegal, it risked starting a nuclear World War III. And it also was a war crime, and it also robbed, I mean, it was an attack on the infrastructure of a nuclear nation so i like I like this kind of thinking, I like that very much all right i don 't want to spend too much time on that um, but man i 'm buzzing from it I am buzzing from it and but I do want to talk about this article a little bit, and i um Over here, and real quick, I got a message from Mo this morning from Benson Honey Farms, and she let me know that if you order, if you're interested in ordering some honey from BensonHoneyFarms.com, who is a company that's you know been one of the one of if not the first sponsor of Badlands Media, or or you know advertiser on Badlands Media, and um, you know longtime supporter of my show. I love their products, great. Great people. Uh, they have, it's just raw honey. It's just raw honey. It's not pasteurized. It's not superheated. It's not overfiltered. It's just 100% raw honey purchased directly from the bee farmers. And if you want some, if you want to get any of their products, such as barbecue sauce or candy or scents, like aroma things for your car, which I have one that I use in my car, uh, which I really like. Um if you want to get any other products if you order by be 1 p m eastern or 12 p m central i believe is what she said let me make sure basically if you order this morning and use rep code just human then your order will ship in time in time for Valentine's Day so if you're interested in some honey if you need some honey and uh or some barbecue sauce or some candy or whatever use rep code just human you'll support my show you'll support this American small business. And uh if you order this morning, then you'll get that order or it should ship by Valentine's Day. Y'all have been y'all have been awesome in uh ordering from Benson Honey Farms. Y'all have done a great y'all have, like really helped me out and Badlands Media and this business. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh it's BensonhoneyFarms.com. Get yourself some honey.
0: All right, now back to this pipeline bombing thing. I do like Cy Hirsch. I think he's a very
1: interesting person. I think he's done some great journalism. I think he's done some journalism that is questionable. He relies on a lot of unnamed sources. That means that the credibility, you know, you can't, you don't know who he's getting his information from. So to me, it's a, I I weigh things like on a scale when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know, it's like a credibility scale I have in my mind. And so, you know, if it was a named source and I knew the credentials and all that, it would have a lot more credibility. When it's an unnamed source, it doesn't have as much credibility. But everything in this article lines up with so much that we have observed, such as flights and the Baltops exercise. And if you guys remember, when the bombing of the Nord Stream happened, I was pretty sure, and I said, and we referenced this on the Devolution Power Hour, I said that I feel like we're being breadcrumbed into blaming the United States for this. And I was very concerned about that because I didn't want us to get involved in World War Three. I don't want the US to be blamed for a Nord Stream bombing because I don't want it to be true that the Nord Stream pipelines were bombed by the US, because that seems like a very quick way to end up in a shooting war with Russia. And I could definitely see NATO and Ukraine thinking in the globalist and the deep state thinking, yeah, let's bomb Nord Stream because it'll hurt Russia, hurt Germany, and it'll give a reason for us to get involved in this shooting war. We need because, you know, the deep state's trying to find a way to get us involved in it. The international swamp wants the U.S. to be in a shooting war with Russia, have these two nationalist nations blow each other up. That's a great way to cause a, a, a great reset. That's a, sure, that's a surefire way to bring in a great reset. To tear, to tear America down and tear Russia down. Two nations whose people are trending nationalistic. And respectively their own nation first. So I was really pumping the brakes on let's not let's let's not be so quick to blame the U S and I was also, I think I remember saying on the show, it's really hard for me to believe that U S special forces would do such a thing. They're very capable, but it's very difficult for me to believe that they would do such a thing given the consequences of it. The U S military would do this. And it's also difficult for me to believe that Biden has the authority to order the U S forces To do this because I do believe that we are in some form of devolution or continuity of
0: government. So I had things didn't quite fit for me then. But the story that
1: this tells is that Biden and team had to go around the U.S. military and they couldn't they, they 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 couldn't order the U.S. military to do it.
0: They didn't go to DOD. They went via the CIA. And so Okay. That makes a lot of sense to me. I
1: really thought that it would be it would be Ukraine who did this. Ukraine makes the most sense to me. And Ukraine was there. There were Ukrainians, as I covered on the show at the time, there were Ukrainians there as part of this exercise, and they got. They were given drone under, uh, submersible drones um, by the Royal Navy,
0: three of them. And how many places were bombed? Three. So anyway, that was my thinking then. And, and reading this Cy Hirsch article,
1: I mean, it, it lines up really well. It maps onto what we have observed
0: really, really well. And it coming from somebody on the left,
1: in my opinion, is better than it coming from someone, a journalist who's on the right.
0: And I think everybody should read this article. And I think you should decide for yourself
1: whether you buy it or not, whether it maps onto your perception of events and the evidence that you have dug up. And inform yourself, decide for yourself. Um. Do I 100% believe that this is the true and accurate story of what happened with Nord Stream? No, not 100%. But I th- I think it makes a lot of sense and maps onto reality well, and I think that it something like this
0: is what happened. And one of the things that I kind of count as a um, indicator that it might be more true than
1: untrue is that Wikipedia very quick was very quick to change uh, the Wikipedia for Psy and label him a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> they they were very quick to jump in on there and be like, Oh, we need to add conspiracy theorists to this guy's Wikipedia. So right there at the top, so that everybody who goes to his Wikipedia knows that he has been slandered as a conspiracy theorist. Pretty soon they'll call him an election denier as well. I'm I bet. There's probably going to, they're probably going to add Russian sympathizer.
0: Disinformationist, whatever. But let's say it's not true. All right, fine. Still useful. Still useful. It's getting, um, you know, the story kind of faded away. It never made
1: sense that the Russians would bomb their own pipeline. And they're trying to get it repaired, but the, a lot of companies in the area who would like to repair it are barred from repairing it because of sanctions against Russia, which those sanctions have backfired spectacularly on the people who put them on Russia because Russia made sure to, uh, shore itself up. And secure fundamental factors of its economy so that it could withstand sanctions before those sanctions were placed on them I mean it just never made it never made sense that Russia would bomb their own stuff, their own
0: infrastructure And part of figuring out a crime the you know the elements of a
1: crime one of the one of the key elements is. motive who had the motive to do it well the Biden administration certainly does and Ukraine certainly does and we know that Poland certainly does because they just opened their own little pipeline thing and they were very quick to brag and celebrate the bombing of Nord Stream within hours of it happening and Norway has the motive to do it because they would also they would like to sell their own natural gas to Germany and the rest of Europe just like Poland would.
0: But getting various news outlets to at least bring back up Nord Stream
1: and the bombing and the question of who did this right after we just had this episode with the balloon from China and the Biden administration being so weak on that. Yet the Biden administration is so aggressive towards Russia.
0: Let's say let's say that. Um. Let's say that Cy Hirsch is off. Let's say that this
1: story, as he tells it, is not accurate. I think it still can serve a purpose in this information war to bring the subject
0: subject back up and get people to investigate who did it. So. I think it's useful to explore it. And if you come up and you
1: decide, yep, I buy that. I think that's true. Great. If you come up and you research it and you decide, no, nah, I
0: don't think I don't think that's right. I have an alternative theory. I think that's also good. Think for yourself and decide for yourself. Um,
1: real, real quick. I do want to bring, I see the comment from, and I know I missed a rumble rant, so I'm going to, I'm going to go back and try and find it. Um, but I saw the comment from someone about Cy Hirsch and his comments on JFK. Um, so I would like, I know what Cy Hirsch has said about the JFK assassination and how he buys the lone gunman theory and all that. Um, I know I'm aware of that. I would like to know how oh, my nose is itching. I would like to know what he thinks now. Because it was only last December. Like, I understand that, you know, we got to separate what we believe and what we know. Many of us have believed for a very long time. That the JFK assassination didn't only involve more than one gunman, but it involved the CIA. We've believed that and we've had many indicators of that and we've had some evidence to that. Effect. But we have not known. Have not known it to be a fact. Until last December. When actual files were declassified. Thank you, Ezra Cohen Watnick and the PIDB. And thank you the Biden administration because the Biden administration signed off on it. This past December, we had a whole bunch of JFK files declassified, and they confirmed as fact that the CIA was involved in the assassination of JFK. So I would like to know what Cy Hirsch says now.
0: Now that it's happened, I would like to know what he th- what he says now.
1: So, and I, you know, like, I want to know... Where he's at on a number of things, I think it'd be interesting. He's he's been a, he's been a journalist for fifty plus years. He's gotten some things right and he's gotten some things wrong. He seems to me like overall he's anti-establishment. He's on the left and he's anti-establishment. That's that's how he comes off to me. Um. So. All right, let me, let me scroll up and try and find the Rumble Rants, because y'all sent some, and I appreciate it. Let me see. Hopefully they haven't all disappeared yet. If they have I'm really sorry. All right, Music and Fiction. Music and Fiction says to thank all of this started with some little old schmuck asking you to explain an idea, and now you're being retruthed by the boss, moving up in the world. Thank you, Music and Fiction. And if you guys don't know, Music and Fiction is that old schmuck who messaged me right after the Afghanistan withdrawal was starting and I had threaded just a lit or I'd made a couple comments on an obscure site that has gone completely to never mind. Never mind. I'll stay off that. I made a couple of comments about it about what I thought about the Afghanistan withdrawal and music and things was like, hmm, could you could you expand on that a little bit? So I wrote a sub stack and then people were like, hmm, I like that. Shared it around They're like, could you Could you maybe do a stream and talk about it? Okay, I'll do that. And then as soon as I got done, people were like, when's your next stream? When's your next Substack?" Thank you, music and fiction. Because he prompted me to share more. Dina Boyette, thank you very much for the Rumble Rant. They say, thank you to me for all that I do. It has been an amazing week. It has been an amazing week. Very much appreciate. It. I'm so happy that you are part of the Badlands media team i'm am, I am so happy I'm part of Badlands and uh Badlands has been doing very well. It needs to slow down <laughs> It needs to slow down <laughs> it's It's bonkers. Brogent, thank you very much and good morning. towards framing the truth from Trump. Thank you very much. (laughs) Much appreciated.
0: So, okay. Let's do,
1: uh, I just happened to see this comment and I can't resist responding. Third sister asks, what is the name of the bourbon um, or scotch that I mentioned? McAllen. Yeah, it's McAllen. Um, Macallan, it comes in like a blue I have, it's way up there on that shelf over on my left shoulder and it comes in a blue box with a white label it's Macallan 12 year, is a good affordable single malt scotch I like it very much, but next to it my friend J.F. Anon sent me a bottle of um, oh now I can't think of the name of it
0: uh, it. What is the name of it? Hold up. Yeah, so McCallan
1: is a good, um, like all arounder. It's not like too extreme to one other, any direction, um, like, you know, like not too sweet, not too smoky, um, not too fruity. Uh, but this right here from compass box called the Pete monster is some of the best stuff I've ever had. And it's affordable as well, as far as good Scotch whiskeys go. And it's peaty, but it's not overwhelmingly peaty. It's very, very smooth and buttery i would say it's to me on my taste buds it's two strongest flavors are uh some peat and some uh or smokiness and uh some some butteriness i really like it i like it very much so shout out to jf and on for sending me this bottle a while back um i i popped it um i think last week no sorry i had a sip of it i think on after defected i don't remember um but anyway, great stuff and uh really appreciate it. So I recommend it. I recommend it. Yeah, Pete Monster.
0: All right. They are not a sponsor. <laughs> but I don't care. It's
1: good stuff. All right. I want to mention this book by Chris Miller, which I haven't started yet because I'm still reading other books. I got a whole stack of Trump admin books. Um, I need the news cycle to go ahead and just take a break so I can relax and just read some books. Um, I don't think that's going to happen though. Um, so anyway, I, this truth from, uh, or the tweet from Ezra giving a shout out to Chris Miller is pretty interesting because in it, besides praising it, he says, I am glad he, Chris Miller is finally getting the chance to tell at least part of his story. Now, you know. You could be a bit dismissive of that, not read too much into it, and that would be fair. Um, This book doesn't, of course, contain everything about Chris Miller's life story. So, indeed, it is part of his story. But given what we think Chris Miller has been involved in and have many indications of, including from the Devolution Power Hours intro (laughs) with the clip of him talking to Mike Pence, I just kind of feel like that's a nod. Um I, I feel like that's a nod to uh part of Chris Miller's story. He literally can't tell us. And I, I picked up on that and I was like, hmm. hmm. that's pretty interesting. Chris Miller went on War Room and had a had a great appearance on it. Let me see, did this uh you really should get it. And you also you should follow Chris Paul and uh, apologies in advance to Chris Paul if me recommending that everybody follow at I'm Your Moderator gets him suspended again. The last two times I've done that, he has been suspended within 24 hours of me recommending him. I don't know what's up with that. Let me see. Does this have the entire appearance right here from Here's the, story?
0: the thing, I, I didn't
1: know. No. Okay. Here, hold up. Hold up.
0: No President Trump from, I mean, I. Well, hey, you know what I did? I actually read his book and I did my research on the guy because you want to support your boss and you want to see how they think. And I'd heard all the kind of left-wing press that he was not stable and whatnot. I found the guy a remarkable decision-maker in national security, and I never had any issues. I never was faced with anything unethical, immoral, or illegal in the national security space or in any space. Uh, To be perfectly clear, I don't want to be, like, given political talking points, lawyerly talking points, but the guy was a great decision-maker. I tell that story in the book about the Baghdadi hit.
1: So Chris Miller read Trump's book and he found him to be a stable genius. (laughs) He found him to be a remarkable decision maker in national security. And I never had any issues with him. I I never was faced with anything unethical, immoral, or illegal in the national security space or in any space. To be perfectly clear, the guy was a great decision maker. Boy, the media would absolutely love it if Chris Miller would turn against Trump, and it ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. What an endorsement of Trump from Chris Miller. And someone, I don't know, I don't think it's on this post, but it's somewhere I shared something about Chris Miller and True Social recently, and someone made a comment, and I apologize, I can't remember who it was, and I didn't save it. Uh, But they made a comment of, man, Chris Miller needs to be president someday. And I got to say, I can't think of. I don't know if I can think of anyone who is more capable. And trustworthy and patriotic to be to be the president of the United States, while also being someone who absolutely would not want the job. Which makes me want him to be. The president. I mean, Chris Miller is amazing. And uh I'm glad he I'm glad he wrote this book and I can't wait to read it. I need to get through some others so I can read it. What a glowing endorsement of President Trump. Chris Ball says that this book is brilliant, hilarious, and very well written. I think Chris has already finished it. Somehow, he must not be doing any work. Chris over there. He must be just lounging around reading. <laughs> or he just reads super fast. Um, Yeah. Chris, uh, Chris Miller is on Twitter as C Miller Tiger Hawk. He definitely needs to give me a follow, but he is also on true social. If you guys want to follow over on true social, it's at Chris Miller and I, Let me see right here. Let me see if he's added anything to it because he, uh, there he is. No, he hasn't yet. It's, uh, it's verified on here, Chris Miller. And I saw cash Patel tag him. Um, so I take that as, I think that is some, you know, a good indicator that it is the real Chris Miller. Um, So, all right, I want to jump over to the House hearings for a little while
0: and talk about some of those. So this week we got, we got the, uh, the first
1: hearing was the House oversight panel and they invited Twitter folks, ex-Twitter folks. So they had Navaroli and Roth and Gotti and uh Baker, and I watched the whole thing. Well, no, I can't say that. I watched about a little over half of it, and then I had I had to go back on dad duty. Um, I thought it was a great hearing. It was that exceeded my expectations. I expected it to be. You know, good, but we've seen a lot of these hearings before and they didn't really amount to that much besides some grandstanding and, you know, some viral moments, but didn't amount to all that much. This one did, um, right out the gate. Uh, James Baker was very much on defense. He came in on defense. He admitted that he was constrained by not only an NDA, but constrained by legal, uh, advice. Because he's involved in some legal matters and he literally couldn't um, comment on things. And that came up several times when he was asked about stuff. He's like, I can't for legal. My lawyers are advising me. I can't answer that. Um, pretty interesting. Jim Jordan and the crew did a great job with their questioning of James Baker. And I got the feeling that Jordan already knew the answers to the questions he was asking James Baker. Uh, they also did a great job questioning these other execs they really the, the the panel really put the screws to these guys um and got them under oath and on the record testifying about things and i think probably caught them in some some mistruths but you they you could tell when they didn't want to give a direct answer they'd be asked a direct question and they would give a very legalistic you know sl- Squirming answer that would you know try and get them out of having to get a direct give a direct answer. You could you could you could s- sense that there was a there there and they were trying their best not to fall for the trap that the people on the oversight committee were setting. There really wasn't very much grandstanding in that hearing. I thought um, the best moment was definitely and you've probably seen it. The best moment was, um, I think when, uh, and now his name's just flown out of my head. Hold on just a moment. His name just flew out of my head, but I have it.
0: Where'd it go? I just drew a complete blank. um, Oh, that's Burning Bright. I want to go to Badlands. This is from three hours
1: ago. This one Higgins. Yeah. Miss Lori, Miss Lori, you already know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So by the way, guys, badlands.substack.com. We've been publishing the news brief five days a week, which has some of the best, you know, some of the highlighting, some of the articles that we are news that we think is the most important or notable. We've been grabbing that. And, uh, I think it's worked out pretty well. There it is right here. Higgins. I think Higgins was file awesome.
2: Dated uh, December the 8th. Post about a New York post regarding the suppression of conservative commentators. Like that submitted without to, uh, objection. to ordered. Bottom line is that the FBI had the Biden crime family laptop for a year. They knew it was leaking. They knew it would hurt the Biden campaign. So the FBI used its relationship with Twitter to suppress criminal evidence being revealed about Joe Biden one month before the 2020 elections. You, ladies and gentlemen, interfered with the United States of America 2020 presidential election, knowingly and willingly. That's the bad news. It's going to get worse because this is the investigation part. Later comes the arrest part. Your attorneys are familiar with that, Mr. Chairman. I'd like to spend five hours with these ladies and gentlemen doing depositions surely yet to come. But for right now, I yield the balance of my time to my colleague, Mr. George.
1: And that was just bum. and it wasn't it wasn't grandstanding at all. I think I think he's serious as can be, and I think it's real. I think that I think that this. This committee has every intention of holding these people accountable, and I don't mean that these people are going to order the con- con- the sergeant-at-arms of the House to arrest these execs. What I mean is that they're going to put these people under oath. They are going to refer to DOJ to investigate them. They are not going to let this thing die. They're gonna get depositions, they're gonna get testimony, and it's gonna be evidence that'll be
0: used against them. Yeah, drop like a thunderbolt Cinco. Yeah, that's right. He
1: did. Um, it's perfect. And and I mean, I think everybody was great. I think everybody was great in that hearing. I I loved it. Um, In the next get in the next day with uh the weaponization committee. It was it was excellent too. My but my I gotta say, my favorite part of the weaponization committee was definitely I think is my favorite part was definitely Grassley and Johnson coming in at the very beginning in their opening statements. Um which if you if you missed those, go find the replay on Badlands Media. Or go on YouTube or whatever. I don't care. But, I mean, Badlands Media would be best. But, wherever. And just listen to Senator Grassley and Senator Johnson's opening statements. They'll come in the first 30 minutes of the hearing, I believe. You know, like, the panel does their two opening statements from the chair and then from the uh, Democrat chair or Democrat, Democrat, top-ranking Democrat on the committee. And then Grassley and Johnson speak.
2: Other whistleblower disclosures to my office make clear that the FBI has within its uh, possession very significant, impactful, and voluminous evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter and James Biden. These disclosures also allege that Joe Biden was aware of Hunter Biden's business arrangements and may have been involved in some of them. We still aren't sure. What's been done with this information? Other whistleblower.
1: So I said on that stream that Grassley and Johnson, as you guys I'm sure know, for years have been on a crusade and have been diligently building up evidence, just stacking it up against the the Biden crime family. They've just been... Requesting documents from Treasury and DOJ and other sources. And they've just been and sometimes denied. Sometimes they get them. Sometimes they got to fight for them. And they've just been stacking them up, just stacking up all this evidence. And at times they've gone before the Senate and introduced that evidence into the record. And they've been releasing so much of it through their websites. And, I mean, they've just very steadily been stacking it up. And when I think about what they've done, I mean, it really is kind of a drip, 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 flood approach where they're just getting drips of evidence and putting it into a bucket or into whatever you want to think of. And it's about to just spill over. And. They came in, their opening statements were were awesome, um, but right here. He reinforced something he said In the hearing, he said, transparency brings accountability. And then again, after the hearing, Grassley tweeted out, transparency brings accountability. Remember that for a moment. Here's a clip from Johnson.
2: It is is important to recognize corrupt individuals within federal agencies that I am talking about are not acting
0: alone. They operate as vital partners of the left-wing political movement. That includes most members of the mainstream media, big tech, social media giants, global institutions and foundations, Democrat Party operatives, and elected officials. As the Twitter files reveal, these actors work in concert to defeat their political opponents and promote left-wing ideology and government control over our lives. It is important to recognize...
1: Johnson was great. Um, Again worth hearing their opening statements. Now, Grassley and Johnson weren't questioned and and we kind of thought, you know, they got the panel up. The way the the way the weaponization of of government uh hearing worked was they had two panels. And the first panel got up and gave some opening statements and then were excused. And then the second panel got up and gave opening statements and they got questions. So, I think that's not how I expected it to go, but what I'm guessing is that they're just they're just getting started, and they alluded to this one of the members did I can't remember exactly who it was it may have been Gates but um or maybe it was Isa uh or Issa they I th- I think that this is going to go on for two years that's what they said um this isn't going to be a you know a couple hearings and boom they're done and they've Mission accomplished. Good job, everybody. I think they're going to run this weaponization committee for two years, and they're going to continue to build cases and uncover evidence and get depositions and bring people people in for questioning and send requests out for documents to DOJ and FBI and other agencies and also to individuals um, and organizations. And they're just going to keep gathering this stuff so that they can make criminal referrals to DOJ so they can provide that evidence to DOJ when DOJ needs it and so that they can make a final report that includes recommendations. And that, as I said, I have said before, it's that stuff is due by January 2025, which is perfectly timed for the next Trump administration to take those recommendations and implement them. Um, another one of my favorite moments, which I know that a lot of people probably in my audience are going to disagree with this, and that's okay. Um, But Gates said, we're not trying to destroy the... I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, but he basically said, we're not trying to destroy the FBI. We're trying to save it because it has been captured. And that's been my... That's, that's And that's not exactly how I've said it before, but that's similar to what I have said before, which is I think there are two FBI's at war with one another, and we're trying to clean out the bad FBI because there is a good FBI that exists. And there is an F- element of the FBI, which is not too small, which is doing excellent work, excellent work hunting down swamp creatures and human traffickers and drug traffickers and CCP espionage agents and all sorts of, and, and MS 13. Um, like they just had a major indictment of La Cosa Nostra, uh, yesterday or the day before. Um, I, I'm not a fan of the idea of let's destroy the FBI. It's, we don't need it anymore. We got to destroy it. Um, it's all corrupt from top to bottom. That's not my thinking on it. I know a lot of people have that thinking on it, that it must be dismantled and destroyed. I don't agree with that. I think that the the FBI and DOJ um, and a number of other government agencies need Congress to do the work of oversight and clean them up and hold them accountable. And Congress needs good people in it patriotic and serious
0: people in it to provide that oversight and we've got a
1: number of them now and they've got a good they've got a good committee to do it and so i agree with matt gates that this committee isn't about and shouldn't be about destroying the FBI. I think it should be about saving the FBI from from the capture that it has that it is under and has been under from the deep state. And I know that's not a popular take, but that's that's where I'm at on it. And that's where I've been at it on it the whole time. Now when you want to talk about dismantling the CIA, good morning karma, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Dismantle the CIA. <laughs> um, you got me. Uh, that I'm on that team, but when it comes to dismantling the FBI, I don't I don't agree. I don't agree at all. But remember I said Grassley made that comment, transparency brings accountability. Well, my friend Absolute Truth 1776 would like to remind you that drop 4011 literally says
0: Transparency brings accountability. And what did they talk about in that her- that hearing? Well, they did talk about Crossfire Hurricane and the Mueller Special Counsel. We haven't gotten the Calm Before the Storm tweet yet, but... I think it's coming. Elise
1: Stefanik, I'm, I'm a fan of, and she's uh, she was on mission in that hearing is how I described it um, at the time. I didn't feel like she really connected with the people she was questioning, but you know, they didn't have a good rhythm. Um, I think she was kind of like really amped up and tried to force it. And within, because you know, she's constrained by time, so I don't think that she really nailed her her questions and stuff. But her questions were good, and where she was trying to go with them was good. Um, and Donald Trump agrees that Elise is doing great. I think she's doing great, and honestly, I think Elise Stefanik is more important than many realize. I really do. Um she has a track record in hearings of questioning using asking the right questions. She has a track record of asking the right questions and she did in this hearing. But I, I think, I think she was, she, it just didn't hit like it, it needed to. Um, Tanner Brown. Good morning. Yeah. Nancy Mace was, that was surprising. Nancy Mace was great in the hearing, uh, brought up vaccine injuries and really, um, just, Man, she she went after Gotti. It was like, are you a doctor? You're censoring doctors. Are you yourself, are not one? And now I'm over here, vaccine injured. It was it was very powerful. I was very
0: surprised. And I and I gotta, I want to really want to highlight, guys, that the Twitter files featured
1: in those hearings, both of them over and over and over. And I think some of us have become a little bit disappointed in the Twitter files, I guess. Um, I don't know if disappointed is the word for me. Uh, I've liked a lot of them and thought they were thought they were really good and what I wanted but then some of them I haven't been too you know super interested in I guess. Um I don't even know what number we're at now. I think the journalists that are doing them have done a decent job. I think Matt Taibbi has been the best. But I had I have seen some comments going around um social media that you know, the Twitter files are not really what we wanted or they're not they're not going as far as we want them to. Um, I've seen some people say they should have dropped them all at once. And other people say, no, it's right to drip them out like this. Um, but I think the Twitter files really, um, as I said, on in various places, <clears throat> I think they pay dividends. At these hearings, the Twitter files were referenced over and over again and were shoved in the faces of these Twitter execs and forcing them to, you know, confront those things. And then we got the proof, man. We got these files right here. And in the weaponization, they came up over and over again. I think the Twitter files. You know, it's. Part of them is to go viral. On Twitter and in social media so that people can see that these conspiracies, these conspiracy theorists were right about what Twitter was doing. But it's also to be used just like this when confronting these people. And and, stop, and catching them in lies, preventing them from lying, because we have the evidence, thanks to Elon Musk. God bless
0: Elon Musk. Over on Foxhole, thanks guys. I do have the Foxhole chat pulled up over here.
1: Thank you guys for watching over there. Um, Bruce Q. Wayne asked, "Do I think any of these guys are ever going to be arrested and you know held to account?" Yes, <coughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Will everybody that we that we think should be arrested be arrested? Probably not. Some of that's probably because. Some of the people we think should be arrested shouldn't be. There's a lot of belief about, like I talked about before, thank you, um, Sergeant Friday, for uh, making such a good video about this. There's what we believe and there's what we know. And we have a lot of beliefs about who is a criminal and needs to be held account in all of this. And there's not a whole lot of knowing. And the investigation is how we're going to get from believing to knowing whether or not these people need to be able to count. I've been pretty soft, so to speak, on James Baker. He keeps popping up in the most curious of places, involved in the most curious events, kind of like he's involved in everything. But then he... Gets away with it. And so I've entertained the idea that James Baker is not actually as bad as what he is most often portrayed to be because. He's become under investigation before.
0: By people I believe would have held him to account. But then got to ask, is that because he's actually not,
1: quote unquote, bad? Or is it because he's just that skilled of a lawyer and can get away with it? I don't know which it is. I don't know. I'm willing to believe either. But, but he's just an example of someone that you know can I can't pin him down as yep, that guy, that guy needs to be indicted. I can't. And in the uh in the uh the Sussman trial, he wasn't a cooperating
0: witness. He was just a witness. So, yeah, I really, um, oh, yeah, uh,
1: Deb Lynn. Yeah, Baker could be both. He, it could be, it could be that both are true at times. Dude did some things that were criminal and needs to be held account for him. And in other times he didn't, but he's getting blamed for both. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry for the, I've developed a cough again. Sorry about that. I've talked quite a bit this, this week <laughs> on air. Um, Let me see if I can pull this up. Archive.today is not wanting to pull this up. Um, So I have a stack of things left to go through that is, you know, it's a buildup of stuff that I've accumulated this week, and I skipped the Wednesday show because I was on Badlands Media instead. So I just want to hit a couple things or a handful of things that um, I've accumulated this week in my stack of notable stuff. Um, this article from the New York Times that went around that was about Kamala. Let's see, an archive dot today is not wanting to work for me.
0: Yeah, server error. Okay. Well, good thing I made screenshots.
1: This article that was about yeah one leg patriot over on uh. Um, foxhole, yeah. Baker didn't. Baker didn't seem to like. Baker was cornered in that hearing. He was absolutely. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He came in defensive and stayed on defense the entire time.
0: Um. Okay, so this article that went around uh, from the New York Times this
1: week that was about Kamala. There was some notable stuff in it that really stood out to me. Uh, These quotes right here, quote, that will be, in my opinion, one of the most hard hitting arguments against Biden. His age said John Morgan, a prominent fundraiser for Democrats, including Biden and a former Florida finance chairman for President Bill Clinton. Quote, it doesn't take a genius to say, look, with his age, we have to really think about this. In regards to Kamala, he said so far she has not distinguished herself. Quote, I can't think of one thing she's done except stay out of the way and stand beside him at certain ceremonies. So that's a named Democrat fundraiser and Clinton crony who is throwing shade at Kamala. Additionally, Members of Congress, Democratic strategists, strategist, and other major party figures all said she Kamala had not made herself into a formidable leader. Two Democrats recalled private conversations in which former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton lamented that Miss Harris would not win because she does not have the political instincts to clear a primary field. Nick Merrill, a spokesman for Mrs. Clinton said she was strongly supportive of Mrs. Harris or Miss actually says Miss Harris instead of Mrs. Harris, Mrs. Harris, and often spoke with her about shared experiences of being, quote, a woman in power. He added, quote, they have built and maintained a strong bond. Any other characterization is patently false. So what's going on here, folks, is a prominent Democrat fundraiser is named in the article and is throwing serious shade at Kamala Harris. And then you have other Democrats who are are unnamed and are throwing shade at Mrs. Harris on behalf of Hillary Clinton. They're conveying what Hillary Clinton has said privately. And then Hillary Clinton's spokesperson is coming in and doing not damage control, but is providing narrative shielding. Shielding Hillary Clinton against any accusations that she's trying to undermine a potential run for president by Kamala. And I'm going to tell you guys. I think what's going on here is that Hillary Clinton is going to run in 2024. And she's laying the groundwork for it. By sniping. And undermining. Kamala Harris before Harris even tries.
0: Tanner Brown says that Kamala is missed now
1: because Dr. Jill stole her man. <laughs> That's a reference to the State of the Union and their on-the-lips kiss, which was crazy. By the way, the State of the Union, I didn't talk get to talk about it on this show. The State of the Union was, uh, as you guys probably see me say, was the most America first speech Joe Biden has ever given in his life, probably, for the first 30 minutes or so of it. Um, yeah, it was, um, I actually really enjoyed the state of the union because of that, because I got to see a Democrats cheer for Trump policies for at least the first 30 minutes. And then he went off into the social, you know, stuff that, uh, lefty talking points and whatnot, but that first 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I know people don't like this. They don't that they, they, people were really triggered, by the way, when I said this, <laughs> people were triggered at me for saying that uh, uh, it's always a mix. Whenever I pull and this is not the first time I've found stuff like this and, and been like, guys, Hillary Clinton's going to run in 2024. Um, anytime I make these comments and pull stuff out like this, there's always a group that is mad. They're always angry at me. They're triggered by it. And then there's another group who just post popcorn gifts. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, that sounds right." Like Andy Five by Five here is like, "You got that right." She's running, and other people I'm like, "Yeah, this is gonna be great." But um, I like this is a clip of her speaking. Uh, it says February 5th, 2023. Uh, gonna balance right here says, look, she's practicing for upcoming political stump speeches. She's right here.
2: Now you face an additional challenge, the challenge that climate change presents of heat. Heat like we have never seen before.
1: And the clip is really funny because it's like she's using Trump. One of Trump's common phrases of like we've never seen before. Um, look, I, I really firmly believe that Hillary Clinton is going to run. Also, there's always a group that in the comments when I post this stuff that says, no, she's not. She's already dead or something because they those people haven't figured out that real raw news is not actual news. Um, Please, people, use discernment. Stop reading real raw news and quit following people who constantly repeat what is on real raw news. It's all BS on purpose to make you look stupid. Um, I know people talk about, well, Hillary Clinton doesn't look good. She's so old. She's so ugly. Nobody can stand her. None of those things matter to her. None of those things matter to the swamp and the
0: deep state. what matters to them is
1: keeping their criminal syndicate going and it is under threat and what what are they going to do you think they're just going to they're just going to sit back and take it they're just going to watch their their criminal empire fall apart
0: no They're going to do desperate things, such as a re a rematch against Trump.
1: But that's what I think. I think she's going to try and run. I'm not saying that she's going to be the nominee. Um, I don't know if she'll make it to be to be the nominee.
0: But you better you better believe she's going to try. And I know a lot of people have the theory that
1: what she's doing here is she's trying to damage Kamala Harris because she wants Biden to get rid of Kamala and appoint Hillary to be his VP. But I don't buy that because the Senate has to confirm the VP. So I don't, I don't see that ever happening. I don't see the Senate ever being able to confirm Hillary Clinton as the vice president. Um. So, but, you know, that doesn't mean that the White House, this Biden White House won't find itself in such a situation of disarray that they try to do something like that and fail miserably. I mean, either way, it's going to be it's going to be hilarious for us.
0: We can just watch the show and enjoy it. Okay. Okay. I want to hit on real, well real quick
1: I'm going to hit this. And then I got some something about Durham. So, got an indictment on Tuesday against Vladimir Voronchenko. Now, this is really interesting because Vladimir Voronchenko was working for Victor Vexelberg. Victor Vexelberg is a key component, a key player in Uranium One scandal and in the Hillary Clinton Foundation scandals. It's Victor Vexelberg that Bill Clinton went to go see when he went to Russia and got paid a half million dollars to give a speech while Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. And it's Victor Vexelberg who was raided and had his properties raided last year. And I covered that on this show. And he's been indicted twice um, in the U.S. He's not in the U.S. He's not under arrest. He's somewhere else. Um, But this indictment is against someone who is handling money for Victor Vexelberg. And what do you do when you're trying to break up a criminal syndicate? You follow the money. So on Tuesday, this indictment was announced. And I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling to where to start it. Vladimir Voronchenko, a citizen of the Russian Federation and a legal permanent resident of the U.S., was charged with participating in a scheme to make over $4 million in U.S. Um, in the U.S. Um, to maintain four real properties in the United States that were owned by Viktor Vexelberg, a sanctioned oligarch as as well as an attempt to sell two of those properties. The indictment also charged Voronchenko with contempt of court in connection with his flight from the United States following receipt of a grand jury subpoena. This guy got a grand jury subpoena, and he was like, I'm out. And he left, and this guy's on the run. Quote, the indictment unsealed today signals the United States continued commitment to holding individuals and responsible for violating sanctions. Blah, 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 blah. Director of task force, crypto, uh, klepto capture, blah, blah, blah. Shell companies, all that kind of stuff. Sanctions, evasions, bad money laundering, bad. We get all that. Now to the meat of it. Voronchenko, who who resided at various times in New York, in Fisher Island, Florida, and in Russia, Held himself out as a successful businessman, art collector, art dealer, and a close friend and business associate of Victor Vexelberg. I wonder if he ever bought any art from Hunter Biden. I wonder. On April 6, 2018, the United States Department of Treasury, OFAC, Office of Foreign Asset Control, designated Vexelberg as a specially designated national. In connection with its finding that the actions of the government of the Russian Federation in Ukraine constituted an unusual and extraordinary threat to national security, etc., etc., his yacht was seized, and his private plane. That was last year, March 11th. Prior to his designation by OFAC, between in or around 2008 and in or about 2017, Vexelberg, through a series of shell companies, acquired real properties in the United States, specifically an apartment on Park Avenue in New York, an estate in Southampton, New York, an apartment on Fisher Island, and a penthouse apartment on Fisher Island. Collectively, they are referred to as the properties. As of the date of this indictment, the properties are worth approximately $75 million. Voronchenko retained an attorney who practiced in New York in connection with the acquisition of the properties. The attorney also managed the finances of the properties, including by paying common charges, property taxes, insurance, premiums, and other fees associated with those properties. He did this using a trust and something called an IOLTA account. That's the name on the account is IOLTA right there. Prior to Vexelberg's designation as an SDN. Between approximately February 2009 and March 2018, Shell companies owned by Vexelberg sent approximately 90 wire transfers, totaling approximately $18.5 million to the IOLTA account. At the direction of Ronchenko and his family member who lived in Russia, the attorney used these funds to make various U.S. dollar payments to maintain and service the properties. Immediately after Vexelberg's designation as a SDN, the source of the funds used to maintain and service the properties changed. The IOLTA account began to receive wires from a bank account in the Bahamas held in the name of a shell company controlled by Voronchenko called Smile Holding Limited and from a Russian bank account held in the name of a Russian national who was related to Voronchenko. Between approximately June 2018 and March 2022, approximately 25 wire transfers totaling approximately $4 million were sent to the IOLTA account. Although the source of the payments changed, the management of the payments remained the same as before. Voronchenko and his family member directed the attorney to use these funds to make various U.S. dollar payments to maintain and service the properties. Additionally, after Vexelberg was sanctioned in 2018, Voronchenko and others tried to sell the Park Avenue apartment, and the Southampton estate. No licenses from OFAC were applied for or issued for these payments or attempted transfers. On or about May 13, 2022, Vexelberg federal agents served Voronchenko on Fisher Island with a grand jury subpoena, which called for his personal appearance for testimony and his production of documents. Nine days later, Voronchenko took a flight from Miami to Dubai And then went to Moscow. Voronchenko failed to appear for the grand jury and has not returned to the United States. So he was like, I'm out. (laughs) I ain't going to go to a grand jury. And what I'm wondering guys is that Vexelberg, his properties got raided not too long after that. I wonder if that grand jury had to do with Vexelberg. And they called Voronchenko to appear for and. Who's, you know, subpoenaed him to appear for the grand jury and to provide documents. And they're on him. They're on this trail. <coughs> so good stuff. I know it's not the most exciting thing. I know it's a name that, you know, you've never heard of, but following the money is how you catch these guys and catch who they're paying within the United States. And this indictment isn't really about Voronchenko. This indictment is about
0: Victor Vexelberg. And like I said, Victor Victor Vexelberg, I mean, he's
1: not not only connected to the Clintons and Uranium One. He was a major donor
0: to the Clinton Foundation. So following this money,
1: it's what you do if you want to take you want to bring down criminal syndicate. Now to Durham News, and I want before I go through. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and go through it. This is a, a thread by uh, Stephen McIntyre. Shout out to Chris Paul who sent it to me. Knew I'd be interested in it. I am. Um, I like Stephen McIntyre a lot. Um, don't agree with him on everything, of course. Don't need to. But I like him a lot. Um, dude has a, a lot of knowledge about Spygate. And uh, very lots of details. Very detail-oriented person. Uh, Durham filed a motion in September 2022 to exclude
0: defense exhibits that actually shed light on FBI conduct. One... Durham wanted to exclude email chains that revealed
1: information on the FBI investigation of DNC hack by Elvis Chan and others.
0: Wait a minute. Where's the where'd the thread go?
1: Wait a minute. Okay, let me go to Stephen McIntyre.
0: He did have it pinned. Lord have mercy. Where'd the thread go? I'm really confused by that. There it
1: goes. Okay. For some reason, it went on my other page. Durham was concerned the emails were highly detailed, quote unquote, highly detailed evidence about the DNC hack, a tangential matter, and should therefore be excluded. Durham also objected to the introduction of DOJ notes on the March 6th, 2017 FBI briefing documents that actually shed some sun, some sunshine on the 20, that 2017 period guys, that's around the time that Trump revealed that he, uh, he was, that there wasn't the revealed crossfire hurricane revealed. He was that the 2016 election was under investigation and all that, the famous tweet. So it's really that, that time period is really, really inter- interesting and important um, because it marked a shift. That's also around the time that Danchenko became a CHS. A number of other things happened. So they shed some sunshine on the 2017 period in response to the Horowitz report. Barr asked Durham to report on. These motions by Durham ought to put a rest any theory that Durham was trying to use prosecutions of Sussman as a stealth technique to introduce important Russiagate documents. I disagree with that conclusion because he did use the prosecution of to introduce important documents. So I don't understand why S- Stephen says that, but maybe what I value as important documents is different from what Stephen values as important documents. Reasonable people can disagree on that. While many readers are quick to cry cover-up, they always are, I think that this is too simplistic and too easy an answer. Amen. I'm very dubious of charges that imply gross corruption. Worse, they prevent finding out the actual story. From Durham's narrow perspective as a prosecutor, his stated reason for excluding the evidence was valid. However, motions do not show that Durham's priority was his pointless charge against (coughs) Sussman. Sorry, guys rather than its stealth exposure of Russiagate documents. So what's interesting here is that Durham filed to have this stuff, these defense exhibits, so their defense exhibits, so, so meaning Sussman, wanted to bring this stuff up and show, hey, we got this, because remember, remember Sussman was working on the DNC hack. He was representing the DNC during that time period. And he handled the Seth Rich laptop. The work laptop and handed it over to Elvis Chan, FBI agent. Durham filed to have that
0: stuff excluded. I can understand why he wanted to do that.
1: Sussman wanted to, would have wanted to use that stuff to try and portray himself as how he was helping the FBI uh, it was to his credit, you know, all that kind of things. Like he could have used it to uh um make himself look better to the jury, basically. But Durham could have accepted that in the name of getting this evidence these documents and this information into the public, right? So why would Durham exclude it? He excluded it because it was highly detailed about the hack and it was a tangential matter. You know, the, the hack didn't matter. It wasn't it wasn't part of what Durham was prosecuting Sussman for. So Durham filed to exclude it where for us, we're like, Oh, please don't do that. We want that information. That's understandable. Durham objecting to the March 6, 2017 FBI briefing being brought in. You know, for us, that's kind of like, dang it. I want that. I want to know about that. I want those documents. But Durham didn't want them brought
0: in. So right here, this is something where I'm
1: I can I can share. I can share in this and be like share in the disappoint I can share in the disappointment and be like, dad I really really want to see that stuff, but I also see it as there's a method to what Durham is doing and he is the the frustration for a lot of people is that Durham is charged with investigating those things, and he didn't introduce that stuff right then during the the Sussman trial. But to me, that isn't the time to introduce them. So I can understand Durham, but I can also understand why this is frustrating because I want to see him too. Another moment where it's like understanding is greater than reacting, right? I can understand both sides. Um, And I want to use this moment to talk about the Durham SCO for just a moment. A lot of people uh, are starting to, you know, there's a lot, well, Durham's under attack. He was under attack in those hearings uh, by Jamie Raskin, and I feel like someone else also, Uh, said
0: something I think uh, you know I don't think Durham's done y'all know that I don't think Durham's done
1: and y'all know that I don't think that Durham's going to issue a report and that's going to be it and he's going to go watch Boston Red Sox games for the rest of his life
0: I don't think Durham's done I think he's got more indictments coming But let's
1: say he is done. I've been thinking on this. Okay, what if I'm wrong? And what if Durham does write a report and he's done as a special counsel? In that instance, then I think his report is going to trigger more investigations and indictments. I don't think Durham writes a report. And then it's just over. If a report is next, then I think that report is going to be the most explosive, most consequential report that any DOJ prosecutor has ever created. And I think it's going to cause more investigations and indictments. So let's say the rep- if the reporting is true that Durham is working on his final report and he doesn't have any more indictments coming, which I don't believe. But if it is true, then I think that report is going to cause either more special counsels or it's just going to trigger more indictments. Um, that it'll be so evidence-heavy, it'll have so much in it that it won't be a wrap-up. Just, that's it, there's the story of it, and... uh see ya, it was terrible, never should happen again. I don't think it'll be that. If Durham is done, if he's gotten as far as he can get, then I don't think that report is just going to be a finality. You know, I don't think it's the end. I don't think it's a bookend. I think it's a handoff. I think it's, here's everything I've gotten. Here's the story of it. Here's where it leads. Here you go, DOJ. Here you go, Ig. And part of me thinks that makes a lot of sense because this conspiracy is so big; it needs a rico or two or three.
0: It at least needs one rico. So,
1: but anyway, I've, i I've uh, I entertain that because there is so much. I don't believe it by the way. I don't believe that he's done. I believe he has more indictments, and there's indications of that, and I've gone over them um many times. So y'all are familiar with it, but I do find it I'm I I think it's good to entertain a different idea, like, okay, let's say you're wrong about that, then what? Let's say you're wrong about this, then what? You know, deconstructing things and putting them back together. And so if that report is what he's actually working on and that's going to be the last thing he reproduces, then I think that report is going to represent a handoff to a number of prosecutors to continue the work that Durham and his team did. So either way, I'm not worried about it because I don't believe these people get away with it. I don't. Um. Yeah. All right. We're almost out of time, but I need to hit on a few more things really quick. So quick. So this will be rapid fire that I want to hit on. Um, I saw someone comment in chat that Pence is getting the FBI is at Pence's property right now. Yeah. That was arranged. There was talk about that, that Pence was making an arrangement for the FBI to come and search, um, his stuff. Um, similar to what Joe Biden did, uh, and also what Trump did, never forget that Trump had the FBI come and look around Mar-a-Lago lo- months before the raid, which I believe he wanted that raid. And if you want to know why I believe that, it's on my Substack, pinned article on my Substack, justhuman.substack.com. All right, there's a few more key things I want to hit on before I have to go. Let's go here and here
0: and here and here. No, I want this one, not that Twitter. Okay, so first thing, Robert O'Brien, Trump's former
1: national security advisor, has been subpoenaed by special counsel Jack Smith into his investigation Uh and, uh, yeah, I think he, he wants, uh, documents and, uh, testimony. Jack Smith had exerted executive privilege over this stuff. So and a subpoena was required. So there may be, he may still battle this with executive privilege and we could see an interesting battle take place, or he may just go ahead and comply. Oh yeah. I got another server error on, uh, archive.today is down. Um, Mike Pence subpoenaed by special counsel overseeing Trump probes. And uh, that's Jack Smith again. And he wants testimony and documents from him. So Jack Smith is zeroing in on people in the upper echelon of the Trump administration. I think that's good. And I know that may surprise people, but I've never bought into this idea that Jack Smith is this uh, monster as Trump is describing him. I think that Jack Smith is,
0: he's charged. I have it right here. Jack Smith,
1: his mandate, his charge right here. He is authorized to conduct ongoing investigation into whether any person or entity violated the law in connection with efforts to interfere with the lawful transfer of power following the 2020 presidential election or the certification of the electoral vote held on January 6th, as well as any matters that arose or might arise directly from that investigation. He is further authorized to conduct ongoing investigations referenced and described in, um, Donald Trump v. United States, which is the Mar-a-Lago classified documents thing. Jack Smith has subpoenaed documents and, uh, emails and whatnot from Rudy Giuliani, Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell, General Flynn, like all the people who had anything to do with investigating or fouling up an investigation, Lynn Wood, the 2020 election, election in
0: Interference and fraud. And when I see that Jack Smith
1: is subpoenaing all those people and all those things, I can't help but think that he is just millimeters away from investigating. The twenty twenty election. Because if he's he's asking for a text messages and communications between all those people between the time period of November third and January sixth,
0: what are they going to be talking about during that time period? It's going to be the election. And so I don't think I I
1: think that Trump and team have been building Jack Smith up as being this monster who is going to get Trump and all that. And I think they're doing that because Jack Smith, let me just pause it right there. I think that Jack Smith is going to actually clear Trump again, and he's going to catch some swamp creatures. Now, I'm not saying he's going to overturn the 2020 election, and I'm not saying he's going to go as far as we want him to, but I, th- I think that all of the three special counsels that are running right now, Durham, Jack Smith, and Robert Herr, are doing, I think they're all part of the plan. I think they're all, I'm not saying they're red in, but I, I'm, I think they're all part of the plan to get, to drain the swamp. To prosecute the criminals that are within our government. And who conspired and ran a coup against an insurrection
0: against Donald Trump. Also, Mike Pence. This is going to be, I'm going to predict to you, this is going to be another case. This is going to be another instance
1: where Mike Pence has an opportunity to damage, if not destroy, Donald Trump
0: and doesn't. he's gonna he's gonna meet with with Jack Smith, I bet, and he's going
1: to tell Jack Smith the truth, which is gonna be very similar to what Chris Miller had to say in that clip I played earlier
0: But yet again, this is gonna be an opportunity where where Mike Pence could do
1: something. He could throw Trump under the bus in some way, and he won't. Um, and on that note, uh, the media is getting hyped up all over again uh, about the uh, the Georgia DA, because the district attorney there said her decision on whether or not to charge Trump is imminent. And like, oh, this could happen. It could happen. Uh, it won't. Um, yeah, I know that, I know the FBI is at Pence's house. That was arranged. That was arranged for them to go and go there. I'm not worried about it. Um, Mike Pence and the, and the DOJ made an arrangement for, uh, uh, for that to happen. That's right. Lindy Pence has never trashed Trump and he's not going to. All right. Also, um, (laughs) Samuel Bankman freed is in more trouble now because he uh, he decided to contact witness one in the criminal case against him, text and email that person. And uh, he tried to, uh, he attempted um, to reconnect with them for the purpose of witness tampering and influencing them. Um, He wanted to get on the same page with them and share sources and uh, line things up. With a witness who is working that is working with DOJ to prosecute him, and he got caught doing that. Uh, so he's he's in trouble. They haven't the judge hasn't made a decision on whether or not to revoke his bond or to tighten up the conditions of his release, but it seems imminent. And I think this isn't the first time that SBF has messed up since he's been out on bond. He's also been publishing documents and things and tweeting things that his lawyers are not happy about, I'm sure. So, um, honestly, guys, I don't think his lawyers would mind if SBF got put back in jail because they wouldn't have to worry so much about him doing stupid shit like this. <laughs> like, think how, how dumb do you gotta be to, uh, message the witness against you in a case and try and get them to work with you when they're already working with your opponent. Like so dumb, so dumb. I can only think of one other person who was that dumb and his name is Phil Godlewski. And he recently did that in the, in the, in the, in the, the, uh, Scranton times case. Um, Oh man. Uh sometimes sometimes criminals are extremely dumb.
0: <laughs> okay. Um let's see.
1: I have more, but I don't have enough time to dig dig into any of it right now. So folks. Thank you all very much. I'm definitely going to print out that Trump read truth and save it forever. And, uh, yo, if you like this show, hit the thumbs up over on rumble. Um, if you want to support the show, go to my link tree. You can find the links to my, my coffee, buy me a com slash just human, just human. All those ways, you know, I'm user supported. So if you want to do something more than, than liking and sharing, then, you know, you can do that. You can buy me a cup of coffee, uh, whatever. Um, and I appreciate it very much. Appreciate it very much guys that I do this. I'm able to do this because of your support. Um, and man, what a week, what an, what an awesome week again, again, 2023 so far has been such an amazing year. The simulation has delivered to us. Uh, Hey, JC bird. Thank you very much. Um, Love you guys. I love doing this work. And, uh, I, I pinch myself every day. I can't believe you. I can't believe y'all are interested in what I have to say about any of this stuff. Um, so I got to run. Y'all have a blessed, blessed day and a blessed weekend. Make sure to take some time off this weekend and recharge, And restore yourself Hang out with your family and friends Do something you love to do That doesn't involve all of this stuff And uh, You know Recharge So that you're ready for another insane week uh, Because I don't I don't don't see things slowing down I don't see things slowing down at all Um, Yeah God bless each and every one of you Remember we're not going to win Every battle But We're going to win this war See y'all